And when I looked closer, there was a, a Sasquatch face on the other side, and uh, it was looking right back in at us. Staring back at me is a silhouette of a very, very giant monkey. An intriguing discovery is being investigated in a community east of Seattle. Someone came across a lengthy trail of extremely large footprints. They are up there. Welcome, everyone. You've tuned into the Nicola Valley Bigfoot Podcast, a place where your encounters are told. To share your encounter and to be on the show, email me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. My name is Ben Solari. I'm currently in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm 52 years old. And this story took place back in rural Iowa in the fall of 1988. Um, growing up on a farm, um, we, of course, combined grains being corn and soybeans in the fall. Um, again, this took, back, this took place back in late October of 88. Um, my brother, myself, and my stepfather were farming um, on an area again about 30 miles outside of des moines in a rural area um, this was approximately 6 30 or so it wasn't quite dark but it certainly wasn't light um, my stepfather was driving uh, operating our combine um, he had begun to um, suffer from his lower back injuries uh, through the years accumulated to where he didn't really sit stationary in that combine very often so he wanted to switch out. So my brother um, at the time was, uh, I think, 16. I was 18. Um, so we switched out. Uh, my stepfather got out of the combine. I myself uh, got in the combine. My brother Troy ended up uh, driving one of the tractors, as Rich did my stepfather as well, to rotate back and forth back to the combines to unload the corn. Little back history on my stepfather, his past now it's been roughly 15 years ago, but he uh, was a U.S. Marine reconnaissance, served in the Vietnam conflict, two tours, and quite frankly, had killed about everything that had ever stepped foot on the on the earth. Um, he was very pro-weapon. Everything that we owned always was weaponized with anywhere from handguns to uh, shotguns to semi-automatic rifles. That being said, of course, the combine was equipped with what I just described, as well as the tractors and always our pickups. So my stepfather and I uh, switched uh, places on the combine. He began to drive the tractors. Again, my brother Troy and I um, were there as well. I was running the combine. Rich had rotated out, was going back to the corn bins. My brother Troy uh, was... Um, side of me as we would go with the combine we never would stop we just let the auger spill out the corn and then the tractor with the wagon would keep at the same pace approximately 15 to 20 minutes after we rotated out rich who was believe me never frantic about anything was on the cb and he frantically said boys uh shoot that thing shoot that thing i'm coming to get you 
my brother and I, again, I 18, uh, very fresh 18, my brother at 16, very fresh 16, had looked at each other and uh, with the state of confusion, me through the combine, uh, which if you're familiar with the corn combine or soybean corn combine, the only difference is you change the heads. You sit up above the ground about eight, roughly eight feet. It's enclosed. And um, my brother was in a John Deere tractor with a cab on it, again enclosed. But we both looked at each other through the glass enclosures and were confused on what Rich was speaking of. So we stopped and we looked and didn't really understand. And he's still on the radio. I'm coming, I'm coming. So I pulled back the hydrostat on the gleaner combine that we had and didn't see anything. And then I ended up firing up the lights. Didn't have the lights on yet because there really wasn't a need for it, but I turned up the lights and the combine lights light up about 20 yards in front and they are intense lights. I mean, again, this is back in the late 80s, so um, it brought up quite a bit of light. And to my brother's eyes dismay, uh, there was something that stopped when I hit the lights, looked at us, and it felt and looked like um, uh, eyesight was the same for me. Again, I'm eight feet up. This thing's I don't know, roughly 15 to 20 yards out. All I saw was nothing but um, shoulders and a head covered in matted brown blackish hair saw eyes and a nose and this thing let out a a yell or a screech that you could literally feel verberate <clears throat> through the combine and the combine was still idling and it this whole encounter maybe maybe was 10 seconds and this thing tore off <clears throat> through the corn that we hadn't picked yet and it was just knocking these corn stalks down like it was just, you know, toothpicks. I mean, this thing was gone. So Rich came to get us. Uh, we were, my brother and I were both shell shocked. Didn't know what the hell we saw. Didn't, didn't, couldn't compute it. You know, back again, back in the eighties, you know, there wasn't internet yet. There wasn't, couldn't quite figure out what we saw. And, uh, and, uh, we left. So the following morning, uh, again, there's no cell phones, there's no internet, there's, you know, it's primitive compared to what we have today. I had my mom, my mom had a cousin who was a Warren County deputy sheriff, county we were in, it's called Warren County, he was a deputy sheriff. She called him that night when we got home. The following morning, a DNR, uh, Department of Natural Resources officer from Knoxville, Iowa, about 15 miles or so from where this took place, Met Rich, uh, my my uh, mom's cousin, Deputy Sheriff Ken Keeney, at the area that took place. Um, they were able to get um, a lot of evidence before this thing took off to the to the unpicked corn because the unpicked corn, the ground is still bare. The picked corn is layered and layered and layered with uh, corn stockings and debris from picking corn. Um, but there was evidence of this thing tearing off about 60 yards uh, through the corn into a wooded area and then and then gone. Um, a little more to this story. I am in the car business. I've had a car dealership for about 25 years. My brother took on the family farm. This area 
of uh, acres is about uh, 87 acres of farmable land. And to this day, my brother refuses, at now 50 years old, uh, refuses to farm this land, has no desire. Uh, my mom is actually cash rented to other farmers that are familiar with the story, but my brother at 50 years old, he has zero, uh, zero um, wants of farming it. Myself, before I got in the car business, I also served in the Marine Corps and uh, definitely never seen anything like this before, other than YouTube videos uh, through the years and obviously have an interest from what we figured out what we saw on um, different platforms on the internet and whatnot. Wow. So that's my story. Wow. Wow. That's uh, that's very intense. Did, did Rich ever tell you, did he ever tell you what he saw that day? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I did leave that out. When Rich was unloading, the corn um, back towards the corn bins. He had, he was just looking out, gazing out back towards we were, and he saw this figure coming, which would have been from the west heading. Uh, he it, let me think. This thing would have been coming from the southwest heading heading to the east, and he saw it just basically a large figure coming at us. Not sure what it was. Again, us being me. Bare, barely an adult and my, my brother's still an adolescent um, was fearful for us. And when he came for us, he actually came for us in the pickup truck. He certainly wasn't in the tractor or pickup was, was sitting there at the corn bins, rich had gotten in the truck and then, and then raced back towards us. Wow. By the time he got back to us, you know, I'd already flicked on the lights and this thing let out its yell and it was already torn off through the, uh, through the unpicked corn towards the timber area. And, my brother and I were definitely ready to get the hell out of there. Did you ever get a chance to, to get your hand on your gun or anything like that? Didn't know what I was saying. You know, I've been asked this a million times. And of course, had I had, had I gone through basic training, I definitely would have been a little more proactive. But um, no, nah, I, you know, you were confused. You didn't know what, what you'd seen. You, you just, you know, you were just stuck in the moment. Yeah. Really, your motor skills sort of don't really work as well as yeah. they should at that time. Yeah, they kind of go at the window. I I know that from experience myself as well. You know, it's... it kills me through the years. You know, a lot of people will will will, will um, arbitrarily argue with people that have video cameras or off their phones and this and that. But you know, you don't when you see something like this, your brain's not working properly, and you know, you're you're just you're stuck in the moment, and um, there's really no right answer for it. If something like this happened to me again, I would definitely be more prepared. But you know, as a kid, I you know just didn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you're you're basically seeing something that really shouldn't exist or or a monster mm -mm. to a child. You know, and the I mean? size of it was incredible. It was shoulders and uh, dark matted hair and eyes and a nose. And how I best describe it now, feebly, but it's like the Geico man, the Geico insurance commercials, um, but much much larger and much dense. But um, Definitely not man, definitely not monkey, definitely something in between, but definitely a lot of girth and a lot of height and very large. Was his face covered in hair? Like, could you make out any All details? I, what, I can, what I can remember to tell you honestly is eye and nose. No neck to speak of. Very, very broad shoulders and... Um, um, uh, I, you know, I've been asked this so many times and I really still can't get the best answer. But if I had to say 
it was between seven and a half feet to eight feet tall because again the cleaner combine to the platforms roughly eight feet yeah that's still a that's still a pretty big guy it, it was a big boy yeah what did you think about sasquatch before this happened or did you even have any thought about it before this nope. happened never what never crossed my mind and you like you never, never heard any local legends or anything there was no well funny story uh to continue with this my brother troy um married his high school sweetheart some years back her father um lived in the same general vicinity it, it's called sandyville between a little community Ackworth and sandyville along south river is where this all took place on a bottom ground the bottom ground to the west farmable to the east is when there's um you know tons of timber and it carries on for a while but his uh, ex-father-in-law he's been divorced now but his ex-father-in-law had a place roughly five six miles away from there my brother troy never really liked talking about this story like he would never get on the phone with you right now he's still freaked out to this day like i said he, his earnings in life is to farm and he will not farm that land. He won't go. He's just out on the whole deal. Well, his ex-father-in-law um, had a smaller acreage uh, not too far from there. And once uh, his, I can't even recall his ex-father-in-law's name, but they were talking about this one time. And apparently his ex-father-in-law made a comment that he thought he saw something like that one time uh, around the same vicinity through uh, a pasture that he had. But he wasn't much to talking about it either. And and another thing that I left out, my stepdad didn't want any of us to talk about this when it happened, you know, because he didn't want anybody funning on us or, or whatever. But my stepdad also liked to unwind with a few beers at a local tap. So it wasn't long before like everybody, everybody uh, knew about the story. So yeah. um, it was quite the legend around our area for quite some time. And still, I, uh, wasn't too long ago I was asked about it again. Somebody knew I had an encounter uh, locally here, so I had to recite this thing again, which doesn't bother me like it does my, my brother Troy, so I, I don't mind telling the story. Yeah, yeah. How long did it take you to, to become aware of what it was that you saw that day? Well, again, you know, the the, the, the term Bigfoot was out there, but it wasn't, um, it was just all myth. Again, you got to, you got, I don't know, how, how old are you? I'm 46. Okay, so you got to turn back. I'm, you know, six years older, and you got to turn back the clock. In the '80s, there was, you know, Bigfoot, whatever, not the Indians, you know, all that kind of stuff was just, just a fairy tale. Um, once I started, uh, you know, maybe late '90s, you know, started getting back into it a little bit. Of course, more uh, access, the internet was out there, YouTube videos, whatnot. I started getting more engaged in it. Um, I've told this story a couple times on uh, radio radio shows in Northeast Iowa, one in particular not too long ago. Um, I, Without question, I know what I saw now. At the time, I had no idea what I saw, um, but I, without question, I know what I saw now. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple more questions uh, before I let you go here. Uh, sure. You mentioned that you, you brought in the, the deputies or, or the sheriff department. Was there ever yes. a, a police report made, or, or how did that proceed after that? You know what? Um, I really can't answer that because, frankly, I don't recall if there was a police report made. Again, it was my mom's first cousin that was the Warren County Deputy Sheriff that came. He contacted a, a DNR, which is, stands for Department of Natural Resources, Officer Kane, um, just to investigate. I really don't know what if there's anything ever official done with it or, you know, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. 
I always just find big, it curious because, you know, people of official officials in uniform tend to kind of keep their mouths quiet when it comes to stuff like this. And at least in, from the stories I've heard. And so I always kind of wonder if, you know, there's one of those DNRs or conservation officers that kind of know what you're talking about already or if there's anybody. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I totally get it. But the one thing, and again, he's been dead for around 15 years, but my stepfather was a legit guy, Marine reconnaissance, and was very well known, um, had accolades throughout central Iowa. He was very well known for, for his service in, in Vietnam. Um, and uh, when when people heard him tell the story, they knew it was it was the real deal. And as far as hearing anything from, you know, a police officer, DNR, he would actually have more credibility than a deputy sheriff at the time or a DNR at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this one final question here before, before we go here. I know your brother's been kind of affected by this, even to this day, but you know, was your, has your experience changed you in any way? Has it affected you at all since then? Well, I will tell you, that's a good question. I'll answer it this way. I'm not a, I'm not a skeptical person anymore. Nothing would surprise me. Um, I, I, I'm a 100% believer in Sasquatch. I don't even like using the term Bigfoot. I think that's sort of a, I, th- I just think that's more of a fairy tale term, but I'm a big believer in Sasquatch. Um, I know what I saw now. Again, then at 18, I had no idea what I saw, but I sure as hell know what I see now. Um, I think anybody that dismisses it as being a fairy tale or somebody's imagination, I would just point back to the time of the Indians with carvings on on wall, you know, on granite uh, walls inside caves and and whatnot. And so many people have similar stories to me. And granted, there's sketchy evidence out there as far as videos, but um, you know, there is there is rumors of such back in my training in the in my Marine Corps days. Um, I also heard the guy. I had a buddy of mine that served in the Air Force at the same time, and they were actually in North west seattle and they were doing training ops in some woods and they i mean he told me i mean of course i wasn't there but he told me that there was um they were told that they ran in anything like what i just described to you just to leave it alone and, and not attempt to shoot it so i think it's out there i think people know about it and and why we don't have a body to prove it yet doesn't really bother me um but i would i would um I, without I would bet everything that I have that there's definitely a Sasquatch yeah. and they've been Sasquatch for a long time and there'll be Sasquatch for probably past us. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I know I said one more question, but that kind of yeah. your statement just kind of made me think of something else. But do you think that, uh, do you think that Sasquatch will ever be acknowledged or discovered quote unquote in our lifetime? Well, I'm, I'm quite confident it's been discovered, but just not put out there. I would guess the reason it hasn't been put out there, they probably wouldn't want a lot of people flooding the woods and trying to kill one. Um, I, but, I mean, again, I mean, this is in rural Iowa. You know, Iowa's in, I know you're from in Canada, but Iowa in the United States is known as just a farm state, not a lot of woods, you know, flat lands. Um, I'm quite sure there's plenty of evidence out there that the powers to be know that they exist and probably just don't want uh, somebody out there or a bunch of guys going out with automatic rifles in the woods and just, you know, going crazy trying to capture one. I sort of my beliefs on that, but I, I know they're acknowledged, um, very confident in that. And, um, again, a buddy of mine that served in the air force with his story, 
just sort of concreted that more in my head. But yeah. um, frankly, if you know, if I had a wish regarding this, I hope one never gets taken and just let it be the way that it is now. And guys like you and I can talk about it and, and people can have a hobby. Um, but if I had a wish again, I hope one never gets captured because it just sort of leaves it just, you know, I like the mystery of it. Yeah, me too. It's more fun this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is, you know, just, I mean, the, you know, there's bumper stickers around Iowa. I see every so often, I'm sure they're everywhere, but you know, it's, it's the best, uh, he's the best player at hide and seek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. well, Ben, I want to say thank you for, for coming on the show today and sharing with us your, your encounter. That was pretty fascinating. I've never heard of uh, a farmer's encounter. I'm from Saskatchewan. I don't, obviously it's probably the same kind of landscape, uh, that Iowa has, you know, a lot of farmland and, and flatlands. So I, you know, it, it's always kind of fascinating to me when I hear about encounters in, you know, the, the grassland, so to speak, you know, I always have this misconception that they're, they're confined to mountain areas and that's just not the case. So the, the term that's always been used in Iowa and these sightings is actually called the grass man. I mean, I think, I think that sounds a little feeble, but that's the term that's been, there's been report, you know, there's a community called Winterset, Iowa, but you know, years ago, it was even on the local news. Oh, shit, probably 20 years ago now. Um, the reports of what I just told you, but a little bit more publicized, and they were calling it the grass man. So I think there's many, many names for the same creature. Um, I don't think they under, you know, they don't know state lines and, and wherever the food is is where you're going to go. Flatland Iowa is hugely populated with deer um, and many wildlife. So I would think if, if I was a Sasquatch wanting to eat, I'd, I'd hang out in Iowa. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Well, Ben, thanks again. I appreciate you taking the time today to come on the show and, uh, and tell that encounter. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. Yeah, you betcha. And for the listeners, just hang around. We're going to be right back. Stay there. My name is Wason Connor. Uh, last year... It was in sometime in July, around July the 4th. I can't remember if it was the 5th, 6th, somewhere around there. We were on a family vacation in Colorado. We'd seen a lot of stuff, and we decided to go to Pikes Peak this particular day. And uh, we went up Pikes Peak. We saw the little sign on the way up. It said Bigfoot Crossing. And, uh, kind of comical because my kids said, hey, Mom, look, Dad may, may not be crazy. There's a Bigfoot Crossing sign. And she said, oh, that's just a joke. And so, uh, you know, she said, ah, it'll be funny to take a picture on our way back down. So we go to the top of the mountain. We see, you know, see everything there is to see, eat up there, see the gift shop. And uh, coming on the way back down, I remind her about the sign. And she's like, oh, that's cool. So we did. We stopped and we put all the kids in front of the sign. I think even my wife and I took a picture in front of the sign. And, uh, you know, it's kind of comical. And all the kids said, well, now we might see Bigfoot. And I was like, yeah, you probably will. And because on the sign, it says uh, they had to put the sign there because of reported sightings of a creature that, you know, resemble the the characteristics of Bigfoot. So I was like, yeah, you might not keep your eye out. So my 12 year old daughter, she's really looking, you know, and, and my wife, she's like casually looking down at the stream at the, the bottom of the mountain. And, and we come to like a clearing where the brush is not very thick on the side of the mountain. And, and my wife says, look, there's something like a. A red bear and it looks like it's been drinking down there by the water and my, my daughter says yeah i saw it too about that time they said no 
And they said, that's Bigfoot. And then they, and they said it stood up. So I immediately stopped the car and pulled over to the side of the road as best I could and looked. And by the time I saw it, it was just starting to walk into the brush. And, and this thing was super huge. Uh, like I said, I'm six foot seven, 300, over 300 pounds. And uh, I'm not really fat. I'm, you know, pretty muscle guy. And this thing looked way bigger than me. I mean, he, he had to be about 200 yards down there, but I'm a hunter and, uh, I hunt deer and, uh, and pigs and everything. And I've seen hogs and stuff at 200 yards and some of them three or 400 pounds. And, this thing was bigger than that. He he probably weighed 500 pounds at least. I mean, he was huge. His arms, his legs, looked like stovepipes. Uh, it was kind of reddish in color. I figure it had to be around eight foot tall at least. There was some new growth trees there. They were probably like 10 foot tall, give or take. And he was up there towards the top of them. I mean, he was just massive animal. And, uh, I've never seen one before. Never seen one since. But uh. I've always, you know, believe they're real. There's just too many sightings everywhere. There's too many people that have seen them. And uh, so I kind of always kind of kept my eye out every time we go into a wooded area. The, actually, uh, we have land out in East Texas. And I've heard some sounds and uh, things that kind of sounded out of the ordinary, but uh, just, uh, you know, while I was hunting deer and whatnot, but just uh, always kind of kept my eye out for one. And kind of glad we got to see one. Yeah, and then to you know, it's kind of ironic that you're standing in front of a Sasquatch site uh, crossing sign beforehand. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to realize, you know, what it what it was you were looking at? How well, long... you know, my wife and my wife and daughter immediately said it was Bigfoot. I, you know, I I guess it's something that just comes naturally to you to distinguish between something that you haven't ever seen before. But you know, we've seen a lot of bear, we've seen a lot of coyotes, wolves, and you know, we've seen everything out there, elks and everything that you can see. And uh, they immediately went, they said, because this was crouching down. The animal was crouching near the stream. And my wife's immediate reaction, it was big, kind of reddish color, cinnamon, auburn color. And my wife's immediate reaction was, hey, there's a bear down there, you know, kind of reddish colored bear that looks like it's been drinking. And I guess it, you know, it saw us coming by on the road or I'm not sure why it stood up and started walking away, but. You know, uh, her immediate thought was a bear. And when it stood up, she's like, no way. It's, it's a Bigfoot. It looks like a big, hairy man. Yeah. And uh, so. Do you think it was yeah, hiding? But, or do you think it was hiding from you? Or was it taking a drink from the stream? Or what, what do you think it was doing? I, well, I didn't get to see it because I was driving. I didn't get to see it when it was crouched down near the water. By the time I pulled over and, and was able to shut the car down, you know, or, you know, stop the car for a second to look. You know, it was a second or two there, and you know it, it it was probably 25 feet from the, or, or give or take from the brush line there, and you know it had already made its way to the brush line, walking away by the time I saw it. Oh, okay. So they they were the original spotters, if you will. Yeah, and yeah. I hope I'm not. My daughter, my daughter kind of wanted to be on here today, but she has school and track and all the star stuff she didn't want to miss. So oh. I... <laughs> Well, you, you can say hello to your daughter for me, but I, actually the question I have next is, you know, how did your kids react? Like, I mean, to see something, you know, that, 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 that massive and, and, you know, supposed to not exist, quote unquote, you know, how did your kids react to it? Like, was it, was it fear or was it more excitement or, or what, what happened? There? Well, they were kind of excited because now they knew that daddy wasn't crazy. I think <laughs> uh, 
you know that's my, always a good my, thing <laughs> uh, my younger my younger two girls they they were small you know they were like three and a few months old so they weren't really involved in my son he's about six and so he was kind of excited because he's watched a lot of bigfoot documentaries videos with me and stuff so i kind of sort of made him a believer all along he's always looking for him we went through tennessee and kentucky and different states you know you see those bigfoot crossing signs and so that's kind of how I used to keep them busy where they're not fighting and fussing with each other. So look for Bigfoot, you know? So he, he'd been looking for Bigfoot for a long time. He didn't get to see it. Actually, he was in the back seat, and I guess he wasn't paying attention or, or what, by the time he was like, what, where is it? You know, and it was already gone. So he was kind of bummed about that, but yeah, it was just me, my wife and my 12 year old daughter were the ones that were able to see it at all. Okay. And you know, I know it's kind of, if you could paraphrase a little bit, but what did your wife, how did your wife describe, you know, the, the Sasquatch? Was it like, like, could she make out any detail? Did you know, did you, did you quiz her on any of that? Well, I've quizzed her about it. Of course it was 200 yards away, give or take. So, uh, you know, I don't think she was able to make out any facial details, but you know, I asked her how it looked from the front. She said, it just looked like a huge, huge man, you know, give or take. She said more muscular, more robust, but, but, you know, and, and from the back, I, I can tell the same thing. You know, you can see the big shoulder blades moving. I saw him maybe two or three feet before he just disappeared into the, the brush there. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you always believe in Sasquatch or, or was it just one of those things that you just kind of stumbled upon? And, and Well, you know, it's been a little over 20 years that I kind of been looking into it. Uh, I uh, Before that, I kind of dismissed it as, you know, people probably saw a bear and it was such a fast encounter that they, you know, they hear the noises in the woods. Maybe it was a coyote. Maybe it was an owl and a coyote mix or, you know, who knows? And, uh, I, that, that just kind of, I had a friend that I hang, hung out with a lot back in my drinking days. And I was, you know, somebody mentioned Sasquatch while we were sitting there talking and, and he's like, I really believe in that. And, uh, and I was like, really? Uh, you know, and I kind of teased him about it for a little bit. He goes, no, really, man. He said, kind of look into it. You know, back then, it, there wasn't a whole lot of Internet stuff out there like there is now. But, you know, there was books on it and articles, newspaper and magazines. And, you know, he'd been studying it like that. And uh, I still just kind of was like, oh, you know, it's it's more of a money-making thing. You know, like in California, there's a lot of Bigfoot towns. You know, yeah. they sprang up out of Bigfoot sightings and they had parades and you know, to me, it was kind of a novelty type thing up until that point. I, and I, but it, but I remember in him saying that, you know, and I started seeing more stuff about Bigfoot. So I was like, maybe there really is something to it, you know, because we don't know everything there is to know. Like the ocean, there's only been certain portions of the ocean discovered, and you know, and and even gorillas weren't, you know, discovered until the 70s. So yeah, it's uh, you know, it's not a an unheard of thing that there's an unheard of animals slash humanoid type you know thing out there i'm not i'm not going to specifically say what i think they are but i don't think they're just a just a regular old gorilla hunt. there's they're smart yeah no i i'm in the same boat as you i, I really don't believe they're they're um I, I believe they're more than just another primate you know I, I think you know as in you know humans are as well i, I think they're closer to we are than they are actually you know apes or anything yeah, like that. I mean, you can tell from their feet the feet structure they have hand prints and, and you know the hand structure the foot structure their facial structure from what you know videos and pictures that you know have never been proven to be fake they have a nose like ours they have hands 
more similar to ours. They don't have an opposable toe on their foot, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, with exception of some, like, in the southern parts of Florida and stuff. I guess they found some more, like, opposable type feet there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't believe they're just another gorilla or uh, just another primate out there. I think they're more of a human type. Yeah, me too. Me too. So so did you guys tell anybody about your encounter, your, your run-in with this, this Sasquatch? Or... Oh, a few of my friends at work and uh, people from church and, uh, you know, different people that we wouldn't think that would tease us for being crazy, but we just don't go around saying, hey, we saw a Bigfoot making a big deal out of it. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, because there are people out there that, you know, they they will almost call the crazy house on you if you really thought you saw a Bigfoot, you know. And, yeah. Uh, really disbelievers well well it's kind of interesting i mean for the listeners uh wason's calling us from texas and uh there's quite a bit of sightings down in that part of the you know the country there have you gone into researching any other encounters in your area or just in texas in general have it, have it, has it kind of lit a fire under you do you know what i mean like and now that you're are you now that you've had a sighting have you started it researching has, more it has but one deterrent to that has been my health uh uh, for the past couple of years, my health kind of went downhill. My back uh, had two back surgeries recently, and I can't get on the woods like I used to. But if I did, if I could, I mean, I'm hoping that I'm going to get better. I just had a recent surgery, so I'm hoping that I'm going to get better and I can get back out in the woods and, uh, you know, do some looking and, and some more studying about it. But, uh, yeah, it has, uh, you know, at least mentally and what I can do on online, looking up things and, like I said uh, before, we have uh, some hunting land out in East Texas. It's around Atlanta, Antioch area. There's been a lot of sightings in that area. And uh, uh, and I've even talked to some of the people around there in the past years. And they say, yeah, people say I'm crazy. But I, I was driving down the road one night and this big, black-looking, hairy thing stood on two feet and walked across the road. And and there's a, there has been bear sightings in that area, very minimal, uh, very rare occasions. And some people dismiss that as bear sightings too, but I, the people I talked to, they said, no, this is not a bear. It looked straight at me, looked like a person, but it was hairy. And uh, so, yeah, it has. Uh, like I say, hopefully within the next year or two, I'll be back on my feet again, and uh, maybe I can do some physical searching and research yeah. about it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny how, how once you have a sighting with, with these creatures, for the most part, people uh, you know get really into it. They really want to you know, research it and learn more about them and, you know, where they are, where they come from and that sort of thing. And it, it never ceases to amaze me how, how much these creatures can impact somebody's, you know, their, their lives, including my own. Has your encounter, has it changed you in any way? Has it opened your eyes to anything or, or how has it affected you? Well, like I said, I've kind of believed in them for the past 20 years. So I've kind of been expecting to, you know, kind of sort of been, you know, I know they're rare, you know, as many people as there are in America and the and the amount of sightings that's been reported, there's a lot of sightings, but per capita, there's, you know, it's kind of rare to see, an, uh, you know, Sasquatch. And when you do, you, you know, you probably have more chances of winning the lottery. Well, I don't play the lottery, but uh, that's what they say. You have more chances of winning the lottery than seeing one. But uh, it kind of makes me feel kind of special, sort of, kind of. Yeah. That we got to see one. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm part Native American, so it kind of, kind of goes with my heritage and uh, I kind of am interested on that aspect too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about that. I mean, you know, I'm indigenous as well. You know, I'm obviously I'm Canadian though, but uh, you know, different tribes have different beliefs on the forest people. So, you know, 
if you could, could you give us a quick recap of what your your peoples believe in in your territory? Well, uh, so I'm 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 uh, three different parts Native American. I'm part Apache, part Blackfoot, and also part Cherokee, and uh, on you know different parts from different sides of my family. Uh, but the the Cherokee see them more of as a big brother protector type, you know, protecting the land and the you know the people and, and whatnot. But but the Apaches, Navajo, Kiowa, the the more uh, southern more aggressive tribes for some reason i don't know where this came about in their tradition but there was more of a you know they were fearful of bigfoot uh they they uh different ones had little small differences in the way they believed it but most of them believed that bigfoot carried a basket around on its back and it would come down and getting bad children and throw them in the basket haul them to a cave and eat them and so uh that that was pretty much the gist of it there was you know particular variations of that but yeah that, that's pretty much the the southern tribes that's kind of what they believe yeah that, uh, and i mean there are yeah and there are the legends of you know you know these creatures coming and, and stealing children or, or, or women and you know taking them in, and taking them into the forest and never seen again you know the, those yeah. stories do have some credence to them but you know for the most part i i find that and i'll just give you my own personal opinion that is that you know you know, the forest people generally aren't here to harm anybody. You know, they just kind of want to live in peace and, and avoid people at all costs for the, for the time being. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really don't, I, I don't come across a lot of stories where there, there's a lot of aggression. Um, yeah, but they, they, those stories do exist, but you know, for the most part, they're, they're mostly gentle and peaceful creatures. And, and, you know, that was kind of an eye opening thing for me when I started this podcast. So, you know, I guess it depends on where you go and what region you're at. I, I yeah, you know, and, and I guess Sasquatch, I mean, uh, I guess they can be just like humans. There's bad ones and there's good ones. Uh, and, and I, I kind of chalk some of that off to that. But, you know, there, a lot of the legends, uh, Native American legends, uh, say that if you ever kill one that you, you know, you bring bad luck upon your people. And, uh, yeah. and that may have something to do with that. Maybe that particular tribe decided to wage war against them and Maybe that there was warfare there. I, I'm not real sure. You know, in, in the Blackfoot part of me, I, I've really tried to research with the Blackfoot beliefs on the on Bigfoot, but there's not a lot out there. You know, Blackfoot was a small tribe, and uh, I think uh, you know it got wiped out pretty much back in the colonization. And I, I don't know if the legends just aren't out there to be found, or if the elders don't really particularly like sharing them. So you can't find them. I I may have to go talk to a Blackfoot elder or something. But yeah. uh, you, there's nothing really on the internet to find or you know written down that of what they actually believe. That, you know you can find out that they believed in them, but you don't know the particular particulars of it. And, and to your point, really quick, I mean there are belief systems here as well in Canada that you know I, I really don't speak about just out of you know respect for for the forest people and the elders who have asked me not to. So I, there's a there's yeah. there's more to the to the stories of of uh, the Sasquatch, they're seen as a sacred, you know, uh, oh, yeah. being and, and entity, and we should be respecting them. So, you know, th- there is definitely more to it than than uh, than a lot of tribes let on. We'll, we'll just put it we'll just put it that way and leave yeah. it there. But uh, right, yeah, Wason, let me ask you this question: um, Do you think that they're ever going to be acknowledged? Like, you do you think that we're ever going to find you know the proof is going to be made public? I guess is what I'm asking. I'm not really sure. You know, uh, 
part of the Cherokee tradition is that uh, the more you see the Bigfoot, the closer we are to the end of days. You know, and uh, as a Christian, I, I see the end of days. Uh, I don't want to get all crazy religious on you, but uh, you know, Bigfoot sightings are becoming more and more rampant. You know, years ago when I was a kid, uh, you, you never heard about Bigfoot, even though, like you say, we have more, you know, there's more avenues to get information out there now. But, you know, I don't I don't think Bigfoot sightings were as near as prevalent as they are today. And, uh, you know, the way the world's looking, uh, I don't know how much much more time we have like this. Uh, but, you know, that it's almost you know, everywhere you go, you run into somebody that now they believe in Bigfoot, you know, and so-and-so that they know has seen them and they're, they're just becoming uh, easier to spot. And that, I think if Bigfoot wanted to be found, he would have already, already been found because uh, they've been here the whole time. Yeah. Uh, they're ancient and uh, they're smart and they, they know how to avoid being found. So I, I'm not sure how to answer that. If, if they want to be found, I guess they will be. They may come up and start giving a speech. I don't know. <laughs> uh, a lot of Native Americans say that, you know, they speak uh, different languages, uh, different Native American type languages. Yeah. And yeah. I've heard other stories. Uh, some people on their deathbed have even, you know, gave recounts. Uh, some of them work for the government. Some of them work for different agencies. And, you know, the forest fires, uh, like, Mount St. Helens, there was a man in particular that on his deathbed, he gave us a long story and it was recorded about after Mount St. Helens erupted, I guess several days after that he was put on a reconnaissance mission. He was a part of the military and he went up there and they uh, they came in contact with the Bigfoot. He didn't even know what they were going there for. And uh, they, the Bigfoot started speaking to one of these uh, you know, Native American uh, guys that was with him and they, he told them, he pointed up to a cave. They all went up to the cave and there were several Bigfoot that he'd carried in there and they were burned and they were, you know, seriously injured and they were going to die. So they pretty much euthanized them and they talked to the other Bigfoots that were there and they went on their way. So, and a lot of people buy into that, you know, there's a government cover up, you know, it goes along with the UFOs, Area 51, that stuff. I, I don't know how much of that I really go for, but. I kind of want to think, you know, as human as they seem to be, I think they would have language. I think they would speak. Uh, you even hear uh, different recordings from people that have been in the woods, and you hear them vocalizing, and, and lots of that stuff sounds like words to me. Yeah. Been around a lot of Native American speech and some of the some of the enunciations and stuff. It, it sounds like Native American language to me. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, you know, I have have never had the privilege of hearing them speak, but, uh, you know, just from the recordings, like you mentioned, you know, that it really does sound like you could almost, it's on the cusp of understanding what they're saying, but, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's enough that you can't. So I, I really believe they have their own language and I, I believe that they're, um, they're a lot more smarter than we give them credit for. I mean, people think they're intelligent now, but I, I really believe they're on, they're on another level of intelligence. I think maybe even past hours because, you know, humans have a tendency to be destructive and, and, you know, the forest people, the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, they, they, they live the other way, you know, they're, they're, yeah. yeah. So, you know, maybe they are smarter than us or, you know, we're not giving them enough credit, but Wason, I want to say thank you for taking the time today to come on the show and sharing with us your encounter. 
Um, for the listeners, if you guys just want to hang around, we're going to close out the show. Stay there. And we're back, everyone. We are back to pull the pin on this one. But before we do that, we got to give a huge thank you to both guests for coming on the show today and sharing with us their experiences. Ben, thank you so much. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm always fascinated when there's sightings and, you know, in the farmlands, you know, the prairie lands of both Canada and the U.S. Because, like I mentioned, you know, Sasquatch aren't confined to just mountain areas. They're, they're all over the place. So uh, thank you so much. And, uh, Wason, thank you so much for coming on. You know, I, I know... Quick encounters are still fairly life-changing, and uh, I'm glad your kids got to experience that. And just to see that, you know, the, you know, the, the forest people aren't uh, aren't the monsters that they're kind of made out to be. And I'm glad your I'm glad you and your family got to experience that. So, uh, uh, thank both of you guys for coming on. I, I sincerely appreciate it. But having said that, why hello everyone. I am really glad to be back, and I'm hoping that you guys are glad I am back too. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been probably, uh, let's see, I'm not even sure when the last episode came out. It's been about a month anyway. We'll, we'll call it that. Uh, I guess I owe you guys a little bit of an explanation. I needed some me time. Uh, I got injured at work and uh, I needed some I need some recuperating time. And then life kind of got busy with the family and, and things like that. And, you know, it was summer. I just need to take some time to do some things for Sheldon. And uh, I did. And uh, you know what? My batteries are recharged. I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm all healed up again. I'm raring to go. Uh, so I'm really, really happy to uh, be doing this again. I, I missed you guys. I, I missed hearing people's stories. I, I missed, you know, sitting here and just being in awe of people's encounters with the forest people. So uh, we're back. I'm glad to be back. So um, let's get this out of the way because I, I have something else to talk about really quickly. Uh, if you've had an encounter and you want to be on the show, Contact me at NicolaValleyBigfoot at gmail.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-A, NicolaValleyBigfoot at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, so uh, write in. We'll get your story on the show. Okay, we got that out of the way. Um, really quickly before we leave today, uh, at the time of the recording, I had just learned that uh, Carrie Arnold has passed away, um, You know, being in a tragic car accident. And uh, I, I never had the pleasure of, of meeting the man face to face, but we did share a few messages back and forth. And I was actually trying to get him on the show. Uh, he just got busy with uh, his own projects and whatnot. And uh, I always meant to write to him to arrange a time for him to come on the show and just talk Bigfoot, you know, just talk Sasquatch, something I think we both love doing. And, you know, when I woke up and I, I was scrolling through the Facebook groups and I seen, I seen what people were posting and I was just, kind of in disbelief you know he, uh, he will be missed he, he was a he, he he had a big impact on the community and uh, i think uh if you don't know who he is go back and listen to some of his shows he's a very knowledgeable man when it comes to the sasquatch and uh it, it, yeah he's definitely going to be missed so i just want to send out my heartfelt condolences to you know his wife and kids and and his family, and to whoever, you know, he had an impact on in, in their lives. Uh, he was a good man. And uh, so, Kerry, rest in peace, brother. And uh, one day we'll have that conversation about Sasquatch uh, in another lifetime. Um, having said that, guys, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Um, we have another great show for you lined up next week, so tune in next Tuesday. And uh, until then, I will talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>